0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news, including DC's future and a possible sequel to a uh, classic, question mark, 1990s movie. Uh, My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film writer and uh, box office expert, Ryan Scott. Ryan, how's it going?
1: Hey, good, everyone. How's it going? Uh, I'm quite good. I just got back from a trip from Arizona. Uh, to Arizona to go home for a friend's 30th birthday. So I'm a little tired, but I'm good.
0: (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you uh, on the the episode today, Ryan. Um, One thing I wanted to say before we even uh, jump into the news is I I wanted to remind everybody that we have uh, a new newsletter or a a relatively new newsletter that uh, Chris Majolista is running. So I'm going to put a link to subscribe to that. In the show notes, and you can check that out. Uh, Chris does a great job of curating. Basically, we publish a ton of stuff on SlashFilm all the time, like pretty much every day. We're posting. I don't even know what the, the average number of posts is, but it has grown a lot in the past few years. So Chris just grabs essentially like a best of kind of thing. So if you you know have a job or you're in school and you can't scroll through uh, the SlashFilm homepage all day every day, this is a great way too. Uh, catch up on on all the biggest stuff, so you don't miss out. So like Ryan just did this big um, oral history of Sinister not too long ago, and Chris put that in the in the newsletter. So that's an example of the type of stuff you'll find in there. So uh, okay, now with that out of the way, let's get into the news. Ryan, last night. The Hollywood Reporter published a big piece about the future of the DC uh, universe, the DC cinematic universe, whatever you want to call it, the DC extended uh, universe, even though that's a fake name, but that's a name that we all agree on now. Uh, and there were several things in there. So it's sort of like a bombshell uh, report of like the DC universe being at this sort of pivot point right now, right before Black Adam comes out later this week and uh, as Walter Hamada, who was the head of, uh, production over at DC, um, the guy who's sort of like the guiding hand over there is, is, uh, preparing to leave. And, uh, DC is sort of like floundering a little bit like that, you know, it's, it doesn't have, uh, that, that Kevin Feige figure, Dan Lynn was potentially going to be that guy. And he ended up uh, walking away from that offer. So, um, DC does not yet have like a person installed in, in that position of, of, uh, overseer as the sort of Kevin Feige figurehead over there. Um, But Ryan, do you want to just like go through some of your big takeaways from this? Um, I guess let's talk about the Batman uh, aspect of this first. So Matt Reeves, the director of the Batman is planning multiple movies about the villains from uh, that universe. So I, I, we knew that he had TV shows in the works for a while, but now there are movies as well. What do you think about this, Ryan?
1: Um, I think like, first off, what's interesting right now is so you you mentioned the hamada thing you know walter hamada's leaving and he's apparently leaving under bad terms but that what that what i think is important to understand there's a bit of a power vacuum at the top of dc right now because nobody is heading that specific funnel of the studio so mm. you have like michael deluca and i forget who uh i
0: think it's uh, pam Abdi,
1: but yes uh they are kind of heading up warner brothers pictures but you know, that means they have everything to concern themselves about, not just DC. So like Michael DeLuca was the one who greenlit Joker 2, for example. But the point being is that now everyone's kind of swooping in while there's a bit of a vacuum. And that might make things even messier. To that point, it seems like we're almost sort of unofficially going back to the Snyderverse of, of this all. We can get into that in a minute. But like, instead of resetting, we it seems like we're almost going back toward all of those pieces on the board that, Snyder's version of the universe and set up. So to that end, that sort of leaves you being stuck with Ben Affleck's Batman in the main universe. And Ben Affleck has made it very clear he's pretty much done. So Mm -hmm. I guess in that way, you're sort of stuck with Matt Reeves Batman universe being on its own and your main universe can't really have a Batman, at least for right now.
0: Yeah. So I guess it, this it, makes sense, but yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of okay with that, though, if that's the the direction that they're going in, because I loved the Batman so much and thought that it was such a cool. And I think I was way higher on that movie than than you were, if if memory serves. But that I just like, yes. <laughs> I just like the um the the uh, unencumbered nature of like you know uh, not being. Uh, being forced to link to all these different things. And I like the idea of Matt Reeves, a filmmaker who I appreciate a, a great deal, just getting his own corner of the sandbox and being able to sort of do whatever he wants. So, you know, that that's one of the, arguably one of the reasons that Joker made a billion dollars so was because it didn't have to tie into a bunch of different things. And like it gave, um, I don't know if you want to say adults <laughs> or just like a, maybe a different audience, an, an entry point um, that didn't feel overwhelming, which is something that, I think is a, uh, is a big concern given the, the superhero landscape right now. But um,
1: I, th- I think that's fair. I, but I, but I do think the, the slight problem with that is that Batman is your A-list guy. And yes. I think that like, you know, if you look at like DC comics right now, I think something like 15 of their monthly titles involve Batman some way, some shape, some form. So like mm-hmm. DC kind of can't get away from Batman being the be all end all. And, and, so I do think if you're if you're sort of anchored to that connected universe still being what it was, it does sort of hurt a little bit not having Batman there. But I do see your point in that like people really like the Batman. It made a lot of money. There's a lot to explore there. We've already seen that a villain movie, i.e. Joker, can make a lot of money. I get it. But to me, this sort of pivot points to the biggest thing with me is that this is all a little messy. This is not by design. Matt Reeves has a hit. He has a little bit of carte blanche given how well he did. So he's got his little corner. James Gunn's overdoing his thing with Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. And I guess we can get to the big point of this article is that James Gunn had pitched another super, super secret DC movie that looks like it's going to go after he's done with Peacemaker. And so you just have all of these powerful guys kind of taking what they can get right now because nobody's there to say no and nobody's there to sort of steer the creative ship at the top. So on the one hand, that's good. But on the other hand, it kind of wants someone, once you do want someone to come in there and clean everything up, all you're doing is making it messier and harder for them to do that.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, that's, you're assuming though that, um, that the cleaning up phase is going to involve actually joining all of these universes together and i I wonder if dc has just realized um and and maybe it's too early to say this because we don't have that new person installed at the top yet to to actually like uh underline this point or or agree with it fully but maybe dc has realized like okay this is just the way that we're going to do things like maybe we're not going to uh do a a team up project like ever again or maybe you know in in a rare case of like a a, um, multiversal kind of like flashpoint sort of scenario. Like maybe that'll be a special thing every once in a while where, you know, we're we're able to sort of work these characters in, but maybe it's not going to be like, uh, every movie has to have at least one cameo from another hero in this universe or whatever. Maybe they are just going to be like, okay, we're doing things this way moving forward and, and maybe that'll work out for them. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that if you instill
1: someone at the top of that food chain, it's still going to be less of their choice as to how to go about that because you're going to have all these different splintered corners with powerful people at the top of those various corners with their own agendas. So it's going to be harder for them to get a hold on everything because yeah. you have a pretty powerful guy in James Gunn, a powerful guy in The Rock in Seven Bucks Productions, a powerful guy in Matt Reeves, and even a little bit of J.J. Abrams in the mix there. You know, so like so that's my concern is that you have a lot of these kind of powerful people with egos and agendas. Then you have one person trying to come in and Kevin Feige is singular. It is. There's a reason D.C. has not found another person for this job. It is going to be very hard for that person to then come in and say, "Okay, everyone, listen up. You know, like I, (laughs) I, 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 you know, against those personalities, I think that's tough.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And I think, yeah, you mentioned Abrams. Um, that was a name that I don't think they mentioned him being specifically attached to any particular project yet, except for like that Black Superman project that uh, Tan Hassi Coates was, was writing, which was announced a year ago, right. ago. but that years got ago.
1: messy now because of what's going on with Black Adam. And I don't know how much, is it even a spoiler at this point? Can we just talk about it? Because um, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't even seen the movie yet, but like, <laughs> but like, but let's just, okay, let's just say, Okay, any if you've watched any of The Rock's interviews, he is being very clear that there is a post-credit scene in Black Adam, and he is not at all being subtle about what's in that post-credit scene.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you have have not been spoiled and want to remain that way, just turn off this episode now. Well, but, but also don't- I don't think
1: we don't have to talk about it super specifically. But we, I guess we can dance around the idea that like this may or may not complicate some things moving forward, and this may or may not make it difficult for J.J. Abrams and Ta-Nehisi Coates to move forward with their Superman movie.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and that's... Yeah. Okay. Okay. So once again, final sort of spoiler warning. I do want to talk about it in, in depth just because, Ryan, I wanted to mention uh, sort of a, a stray line, almost an afterthought in that, um, that Hollywood Reporter article was how... Uh, okay. So final, 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 final warning <laughs> here. Uh, Henry Cavill's Superman returns in a, like, whatever it is, post-credits, mid-credits scene of uh, of Black Adam, right? So, and this leaked on the internet. You've probably seen this already. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen... Uh, the leak or at least but, but
1: even outside of the leak Dwayne Johnson has not been hiding this. yes like he he's been he has stopped just shy of saying it in like 20 different interviews
0: <laughs> right yeah and and there's been some speculation that like maybe he's doing that in order to entice people to come to the theater because uh people have been wanting Henry Henry Cavill to come back as Superman for a long long time now so um whether or not that's just like a you know part of the strategy who, who knows who can say uh but the the Larger point is, um, or not the larger point, this afterthought that I, I mentioned in this uh, Hollywood Reporter piece, Ryan, I don't know if you, you caught this part, but they were saying like uh, Dwayne Johnson and um, Hiram Garcia and the the producers and, and folks at Seven Bucks Productions had basically asked the folks at Warner Brothers, they had it asked uh, Walter Hamada specifically, if they could basically have Henry Cavill to come back to, to uh, reprise that role of Superman for this purpose in Black Adam. And he said no, because I think you're saying like he had this sort of larger vision for what this whole thing could be. But because he's on the way out, Johnson and, and his producing team went around them, uh, went around him and, and went to Michael Abdi and, or I'm sorry, uh, Pam Abdi and, and Mike DeLuca and asked them and they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> so like all, all of that happened like super, super last minute. Um, so they barely you know, finish that stuff in time to actually, you know, attach it to the very end of the movie. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting. I think that's like uh illustrates your point of like, you know, how important it is to have somebody at the top when when somebody is like going around uh the key executive there um in order to sort of get their wish. Maybe that's good in the short term, maybe it's not so great in the long term. I don't know. It it remains to be seen. But I thought that was a fascinating detail.
1: Yeah. And and I yeah, and it but it but again to that point, and then I guess that that's where we talk about the idea that um, they are now actively pursuing a Man of Steel sequel. They are they are aiming high for writers, and they are. Uh, Henry Cavill is all in on getting it done, and Slash Film was in, able to independently confirm that as well. So this mm-hmm. is not just a Hollywood Reporter. This is happening. I know there have been rumors floating around for months, but this is actually happening now. Is I think one of the important things is Henry Cavill is thirty nine years old. I don't want to be ageist or anything, but if you're going to play Superman. There is a limit at which you can push your body to what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, Henry Cavill may be sort of starting to come up against the wall of how long could he really realistically play Superman? And is that window closing? Yeah. And not close, but you, so, so I think the idea is that like if they want to do this, you know, especially cause there isn't even a writer attached yet. So you're probably looking three years away
0: mm-hmm. before
1: the movie would arrive. So, you know, then if you want to continue that at all, You know what I mean, because you know he can't be playing the part when he's fifty-five years old. I just don't think that that's so. So, so I don't know. So I think that 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 maybe that they all just finally came to the table and were like, "Okay, I'm probably pretty close to done with The Witcher. Let's just do this." And I, you know, but that again, that that anchors you to the Snyderverse. That anchors you to. All of that, that, that anchors you to everything. You can't divorce it from all of that. So
0: I wonder if there is a way for them to divorce it from all of that. I mean, not the, um, not the fandom part of it because the, the people who, you know, fell in love with his version of that, uh, of that character are obviously like the people who have been, you know, clamoring so much for him to come back. But I wonder if there is a way, you know, to not bring Zack Snyder back to direct, which I think they've said, you know, over the past few There's years, no like they're, they're done with Zack Snyder. Snyder's you know. not coming back. Yeah. So if you install a different director, but keep Henry Cavill as Superman and, you know, actually maybe uh, apply some of the tonality and some of the the characterization that, you know, uh, some of the, um, you know, find like tweak the the version of Superman a little bit. Have the same actor, but have him grow or change or like, you know, uh, appeal to a broader group than um, just the sort of like uh, whatever stereotypical. um, Yeah. Yeah, but, would, but, I, but I think the key thing is that since Man of Steel came out,
1: <clears throat> Henry Cavill has become a much bigger star. And so I think a Superman movie with Henry Cavill in it now makes more sense than it did even then. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's definitely an argument for it. And I'll tell you that I, I'm not a Superman fan. Superman bores me to tears. The first two-thirds of Man of Steel is still my favorite DCEU movie. And, you know, and then it falls apart a little bit in the third act, but like I I wanted to see another like I've always thought that you give him another crack at it. You know, that could be a tier superhero stuff. So I'm all for that. But like but I'm just saying in terms of like trying to get the universe back together, you know, that kind of you you are anchored to that. then, And that's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like because we still have the Flash coming out, which was originally pitched as a reset like, using the Flashpoint storyline, and that might still be the case. Uh, the other thing, I guess, worth mentioning in this, because there was a, this story was jam-packed, uh, the other thing is that there is already a sequel written to The Flash, assuming yeah. the movie's a hit. So if they if they want to move on that, they can move on that, which is nuts, given that we were even just a few weeks ago talking about that movie maybe being shelved entirely.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, I guess maybe that's why they pushed so hard to keep Ezra Miller, because they're, they're I think... My gut tells me, based on everything I've read and heard, this is a good movie. I think they made a good movie, and I think it sucks that the Ezra Miller of it all, but Warner Brothers seems, like, almost hilariously confident about this. Yeah. So, like, you know, then, then then that's a whole other can of worms, and and then you have Wonder Woman 3, which is apparently getting what they described as a scriptment turned in, any, which I guess would be, like, a script treatment turned in mm-hmm. any day now. So, I mean, you have all these different you know, things happening in all sorts of different directions. I mean, you know, for a studio that's in such upheaval, there is a lot, you know, in development right now.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, like we mentioned at the top, like Black Adam comes out this week and, and uh, The Rock and his producing team have been talking a lot about what they would do with the Justice Society of America, which is the new team that's being introduced in that film. And like, you know, the hopes for spinoffs and sort of more of an integrated kind of thing into the the DC film universe that way. So um, yeah, he's very much like one of those personalities that you mentioned that is sort of jostling for position uh, in, during this leadership vacuum. So it's really, really fascinating. I, I you know, the, the uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff here. So I'm going to link to all of the articles that we wrote about this at slash film. So if you want to get more into the weeds on it, I encourage you to click on those and, and, you know, get the, the specific details there. But um, I think, yeah, we've we've sort of pre- presented the broad strokes, which is what I hoped to do on this episode. Um, one other thing, uh, a story that I wanted to mention here that that broke uh, yesterday that I thought was uh, kind of fascinating, Ryan, is that they're developing a, a sequel to Twister, the 1996 uh, blockbuster movie starring Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Do you have a relationship with Twister? Did you see that movie? Like, did you watch it growing up? What, what's your uh, what's your Twister I, take? Do you have I one? have
1: like an odd relationship to Twister. Uh, my mom really liked that movie a lot. And uh, it was like one of the I think it was the very first VHS in my home Uh, and uh, like the one that like I remember like being like like uh, around all the time. Um, and, uh, or one of them anyway, but it, or it was like the I one that my mom- I, s-
0: I saw a trivia question the other day that like the DVD, uh, boom in the United States launched with Twister. I did not fact check that trivia question. So maybe it was the first DVD instead of a VHS. I don't maybe, know. Uh,
1: but, but, but yeah, but Twister, well, cause uh, yeah, but anyway, but the point is my mom is a big fan. It was around. I have seen the movie a bunch of times. I watched it. God, about maybe a little over a year ago. You know what? It's still kind of a fun '90s action movie, but or '90s like I don't know what you'd even call it, but but I guess a disaster movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: but uh but yeah I mean it's fun. Uh, it's uh, interesting that we're looking at a sequel almost 30 years later. Uh, that's weird, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah evidently steven spielberg who i think produced the original movie uh really liked the the pitch here and the and the script uh which was written by mark l smith who worked on uh, movies like the revenant and i think he wrote one of the star trek movies with quentin tarantino that, yeah that he, tarantino he was, was the one to direct
1: he, yeah he was the one who tarantino hand-picked to original to write his r-rated star trek movie that didn't get made
0: yeah um, Joseph Kaczynski, the director of Top Gun Maverick, was at one point attached to direct this Twister sequel, but he ended up uh, stepping away to direct um, a, an F1 racing project with Brad Pitt over at Apple. Um, so now they're looking at people like Travis Knight, who directed uh, Bumblebee, and then Jimmy Chin and uh, Elizabeth Chai Vassarelli, who directed Free Solo, uh, as, as potential candidates to step in and, and make Twisters with an S. Um, they're also looking to bring back uh, Helen Hunt. Obviously, they can't bring Bill Paxton back because he died a few years ago, which is uh, a really big bummer and I feel like is going to cast a big shadow over this movie because he was such a, a joyful part of that film and, and such a key part uh, of that. But um, the, the idea, Ryan, on paper, I'm not like opposed to bringing a, a, a new Twister movie in all these years later because I think 1996 was kind of that sweet spot where CG was really uh being implemented into blockbuster movies in a big way this is like a year or it's either the same year or maybe a year before um or i think it's the same year as independence day and then like same Men year as independence
1: day 96 yeah
0: yeah i mean black was the year after that so this is like right on that cusp of like uh cg in a big way you know jumping into the blockbuster space and i think twister was like the calling card movie for a little while, like the, the whole thing with like the cow, um, you know, being caught up in the, in the tornado. Um, yeah. So the idea that uh, the, the original twister in 1996 could have sort of maybe set the bar in some ways for what CG was capable of in a mainstream American blockbuster. And then now jumping ahead to what's called 2023, 2024, whenever they finally finish this thing, the idea of like um, just comparing the two movies all those years later and seeing, uh, this new movie, try to set that bar again, you know, and, and raise it, uh, this time, I, I think is like interesting on paper. I'm, I'm just curious if they'll actually be able to pull it off from like a, a narrative, like a story perspective, but
1: yeah, I also do think the title, which is supposedly twisters mm-hmm. is really like kind of funny. Cause you're doing the alien aliens thing here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do sort of love that, but I mean, just as we've discussed, like, and I think part of the reasons might be happening now, you looked at, joseph kaczynski was looking to direct this well kaczynski just directed a sequel to an 80s classic that made 1.5 billion dollars at the box office yeah. so i don't think it's any secret now that every studio is looking at okay what kind of nostalgic movie do we have that we might be able to make a late stage sequel to yeah. and just to kind of put it out there regardless of my feelings what i always talk about is the only language hollywood speaks is money uh, Twister was made for a budget of eighty-eight million dollars, and it made four hundred ninety-five point seven million dollars at the global box office. Wow! Plus, you know, probably gigantic video sales. That thing plays on cable all the time. Uh, certain to have turned a huge profit for Amblin. So, yeah, I'm not not a big surprise here.
0: Yeah, uh, Frank Marshall is going to be back to I think executive produce or produce this version. So, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely sort of like. Trying to get the band back together, and I'm, I'm curious uh, if like Jan DeBont, who directed the original movie, would would be. I mean, his name was not listed here, but I'm, I'm curious if he would be uh, involved in some way. Maybe as an EP or something like that. Yeah,
1: maybe but. as a producer. That th- he doesn't have enough clout to direct it now. I hate to yeah. say, but <laughs> which is but, unfortunate. Uh, yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, he he. I'm sure that Spielberg, being the guy that he is, I'm sure that he would at least be brought in on some level.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, OK, well, I think that's going to do it, um, man. Yeah, just like a ton of DC stuff to talk about. Like I didn't even we didn't even mention, Ryan, like the, the characters that Matt Reeves is, is looking at for those Dark Knight villain movies the the batman villain movies um really interesting choices there so i'll just we also didn't
1: we also didn't mention that like of the names that their warner brothers is aiming for for man of steel christopher McQuarrie of the last few mission impossible movies is kind of the guy at the top of their list but he hasn't even been reached out to yet so they're aiming high for that so there's all kinds of stuff to talk about there
0: yeah because he he worked with uh henry cavill on mission impossible fallout so there's a a bit of a connection there so yeah lots of Stuff, lots of details that you can get into if you check that out, uh, and you can find more about the stories that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes for this episode. Slashfilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, and you can send uh, your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at film.com Please leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry